in anything, whether even if it's an owner with employees or if it's me with my son and his basketball club and his coach, a lot of it comes down to, you know, relationship and feeling like this is your part. This is what you're doing. This is what I'm part. And both people feel like, okay, awesome. You made an effort to serve me and I made an effort to do everything you said or be a good student or whatever it is. Hello, Positive Leaders. Thanks for joining us today. You are listening to the Positive Leadership Podcast with Andrea Crabtree and David List, a podcast for everything a veterinary manager needs to know to get the job done. We've been there and we know how hard it is and are here to help share our knowledge and expertise to elevate you. I'm Andrea Crabtree, co-founder of Positive Leadership Podcast, owner of FurPause Consulting, a certified veterinary practice manager, and HR certified professional. And I'm David Liss, co-founder of the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm also a certified veterinary practice manager, hold an MBA, and I'm a registered veterinary technician. And this podcast is for you, the veterinary practice manager, supervisor, leader. We want to elevate you by equipping you with relevant content, material, guidelines, instruction, feedback, and pro tricks and tips. We will deliver real life experience along with our super smart guests that will get you through the obstacles that you're facing today with some bloopers and blunders along the way to remind you that you're not alone. FurPaws Consulting has deep expertise in helping veterinary practices reach their full potential for all types of practices, whether specialty, emergency, or general practice, by working alongside the practice owner and manager. Are you a practice owner or practice manager with a challenge and not enough bandwidth to tackle it? Reach out to me, Andrea Crabtree, owner of FurPaws Consulting, with the question that keeps you up at night. I'm able to provide expertise and insight to navigate those tricky obstacles. Find my info in the show notes. Email me at andrea at furpaws.us or check out my website at www.furpawsconsulting.com. Welcome back, Positive Leadership listeners. Today, we have an amazing guest that I'm very, very excited to share with you. Brian McRae is the founder and CEO at Rethink Veterinary Solutions. I have been blessed with the opportunity to know Brian for many, many, many years now. We have a personal connection. His uh, mother-in-law is one of my besties. Shout out to D. Allen. And we are excited to have you on the show, Brian. Thank you for coming by. Welcome, Brian. Thank welcome, you. welcome. Thanks, David. Great to meet you for the first time. And Andrea, yep, it's been uh, yeah. 12 years, it's been I a think, minute? something like that. Yeah. Oh, wow, you counted. <laughs> yeah. Well, Was I it mean, yesterday? it kind of ties into where I'm married about that same distance. So I pretty much oh, yeah, like the go. time, right. so pretty much I have to remember that. Forced by marriage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brian, without having to read your bio, can you tell our listeners about yourself? Yes, I am a husband, a family man. I got five kids. We have a big family, part of your besties heritage. Yes, and brood of grandchildren. Yes. Yeah, got a, got a big family, but you know, I've always been. Um, well, I haven't always been an entrepreneur, but I've always just been interested in entrepreneurial stuff and businesses. And my early career was working with insurance, the insurance industry. And we actually serviced only people who are self-employed. So over those years, all I did was meet people in their homes. And I, I met every range of business owner you can think of and help them with insurance, but also help them with a lot of other self-employed benefits. So it gave me a lens of the entrepreneurial landscape and gave me a lot of creativity and just connections. 
and it became fun. And, and since then, I just kind of my my career just started to follow that entrepreneurial path. And I can't say I've picked anything right on where I, I landed, like where that was my idea. This is where we're going to land. We kind of just started down a road, and then usually a, a conversation, a person, or an opportunity presents itself, and then you just try to solve problems. And that was it. I'm pretty much an entrepreneurial. I think I have an ability to solve problems that other thinking outside of the box to solve problems. And I have a lot of fun doing it. And I will have to say that you are probably the person in my life that I know moves the most. Tell me about how many states or countries that you've lived in. Oh, that's a good question. States. Wow. One, the only two states actually. Oh, okay. Um, So I thought it'd be more, but we lived in Australia. And I don't know, what do you consider living somewhere? Three a month or is a month? Right, exactly. Right. How long? Now, wait a minute. You lived in, I think, Idaho and Hawaii and California. I did not live in Idaho. No, that was Michelle. That was Lindsay's sister. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like you guys- We lived in Northern California. Almost, almost Oregon. Almost. Yeah. Some some exciting adventures. I I love following you guys on Facebook because you guys are always doing something different and fun. Yeah. Yep. You you followed some of the trips, but yeah, Australia, we lived in Bali for, I guess you can count it a month. Uh, New Zealand for a month and Hawaii, definitely several stints in Hawaii. Yeah. And I think that's it. And Colombia. I'm I'm half Colombian. So I lived in Colombia for six months as a kid. Wow. Can you share your favorite book or podcast, CE class, something that left a lasting effect on you? Yeah, my favorite book, probably the one that rocked me when I was younger was just probably a lot of people's favorite, just Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Just a classic. You read it, kind of your all of your what you're taught is challenged and it kind of makes you rethink how you see things. And, you know, I can't say I followed all of his strategies on everything, but once you kind of have that lens, you see differently afterwards and you can kind of interpret yeah. Interpret advice and wisdom and all that through a different right, lens. Yeah. So it definitely makes you think differently. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is um, the four hour work week. You ever heard of that one? I, I feel like I've so. listened to like a, a like, like a Cliff Notes version or something of that. Yeah. I feel okay, like it's, so, it's yeah, coming back to me. <laughs> Tim Ferriss is the guy that wrote mm-hmm. that book. And he's just a Silicon Valley guy that mm-hmm. tries a whole bunch of things. Like the guy tried to like compete in sumo wrestling or did some <laughs> crazy thing and, try, you know, tried it for a month and did this, tried to hack the system. And he actually got really, really, really good. His whole book is how to hack everything that you do and make it more efficient less time consuming mm-hmm. and think way, way outside of the box. And when I read four hour work week, that was probably about 13 years ago. Mm. And I felt like every single page was like, wow, what I cannot believe this guy does this, you know, and his goal was to how do you work four hours a week? And while I've never achieved that, it makes you think of a 100 different things that you would I would have never thought of before and thinking way outside of the box. So I have to say that probably stimulated creativity and thinking of how to do things a different way. That's probably up there with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, maybe more so because I I read that with a little bit more of a mature mindset um, than I did. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was probably my early 20s when I'm just trying mm. to figure out my life. So sure. I'd say yeah. those two books were two big ones for me. Right. So you are the founder and CEO of Rethink Veterinary Solutions. And I don't want to kind of reduce what Rethink Veterinary Solutions does into just calling it a loyalty program, but we want to dig more into that. But I wanted to start by asking a little bit about why a platform that is, you know, maybe I'm sure, again, it's got a lot of spokes to it, but part of it is is loyalty. 
is so important to you. And I just wanted to, you know, I went to the website and I wanted to frame this. And I think your, you know, the messaging on the website is pretty powerful. So you say, you know, end discounting, you know, put your practice far in front of competitors and disempower their marketing. Preserve your price points and end discounting by replacing them with member rewards, which secures future visitation and is immediately more profitable. Convert occasional visitors into long-term loyal members and never fear losing clients again. Those are some pretty bold statements, my friend. So, you know, what about this idea of loyalty, you know, turning short occasional visitors into long-term members? What's so important about this area to you and what was the impetus to kind of build this platform? Yeah, great question. So my first job when I was younger was actually at 24 Hour Fitness. And it was just at first, it's just to, you know, be a sales counselor and help people when they come in and help them get to their fitness goals. And, you know, everybody comes in, you know, two weeks before New Year's and they're really pumped up. And, you know, two weeks afterwards, they're pretty much uh, you don't see them anymore. It kind of bummed me out. You know, it's like the goal is selling memberships. But for me, it was like, that's not very rewarding. But I did learn, you know, the membership concept. What does being a member mean? And also, you know, what, how do you take it to the next level? You know, like, how do you actually help people hit their goals? So I think b- between that, I really learned how to work with people and spend time with them, you know, when they came in, introduce them to trainers. And I had a lot of people that hit their goals, you know, that came in, they actually had a relationship with a trainer. I'd introduce them right, right away, get them on equipment, get them some sessions, even, you know, on the house if we had to. And by the time they're leaving, they're not just, oh, you, you know, come buy a membership. They're like, I know this trainer. We've broken down, you know, the goals and what we need to do. And this is going to take three, six months, you know, to get there. This isn't really a game. So I didn't really plan on talking about that in this interview. But long story short, I think it does have a lot to do with how we kind of created our solutions is you really listen to the problem. You find out what it's going to, it's going to take to get there. And then, you know, then I'd see people that bought a year's worth of training up front, but then they come in, you know, that next year and they're 30 pounds lighter, you know, and they're happy about it and they love it. So I got the satisfaction of helping people hit goals combined with the power of membership. Those two things kind of got in me at a young age, between age 21 and probably 25. And so later when I started, you know, other businesses, when all of a sudden I thought of a membership model and I met a guy who was like a genius in selling memberships with different companies and consulted some of the biggest companies, you know, in the country. And I just started thinking about membership and how powerful it was. And then I saw Amazon Prime coming around. I saw, you know, Costco coming around. And now it's to the point where BMW is trying to sell you a membership on your radio, you know, turn your station on. And, and, you know, I heard the other day that they're trying to like subscriptionize the seat heaters in your car. I mean, it's crazy, but everybody is trying to figure out how to get some recurring revenue, how to create a membership Number one, because it's it's great for revenue to have that membership um, revenue. But the, the deeper thing behind membership, and this is what I tell people all the time, is you're taking somebody from a fee-for-service client where they just come in and they're paying you. You give them something, they give you something, they go home. It's over. But there's a difference between being a member to something because you actually have to make a commitment to buy something or buy a membership or become you know, intentionally giving your loyalty to a brand or business which takes that, that relationship further. So it really comes down to relationships. You guys talk about the client-patient relationship all the time. And same thing with memberships. It's just a deeper relationship. It's a deeper commitment. And both parties are giving value at a different level and receiving it where I just it really affects you know clients, consumers that come in. Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. 
Brian, you mentioned loyalty a few times, and I'd like for you to talk about how managers, practice managers, can integrate loyalty into their veterinary practices a little bit more. I know we don't do a good job of it, so talk us through how we can either start doing that, or if we kind of maybe do it, how can we do it even better? Yeah, well, I don't know if you guys do a good job of it or not. I think I'm not in the practices as much as you are. You're way better at that than I am, you know, as far as knowing I'll tell you what we happens. don't. So do you want me to talk in real regards? <laughs> yeah, I was just, just going to say. Yeah. Let's just call the elephant yeah. out of the room. <laughs> it's just because we don't. I mean, there are some practices that do, but probably a majority of practices don't have a formal loyalty program. So I think, yeah, I think Andrew and I have worked in enough practices that, yeah, we don't really do a great job of building that other than the client who kind of, you know, loves the veterinarian and wants to return. But we don't typically cultivate that in any explicit way with program like what you run. In anything, whether even if it's if it's an owner with your with employees or if it's me with my son and his basketball club and his coach, a lot of it comes down to, you know, relationship and feeling like you're this is your part. This is what you're doing. This is what I'm part. And both people feel like, OK, awesome. You you made an effort to serve me and I made an effort to you know do everything you said, you know, or, you know, be a good student or whatever it is. So I think with loyalty, I think people just don't know how to do it or know what the tools are, you know, but if you find a practice that. In, in almost any business or a good manager, they spend time with their teams, they take them out to, you know, lunch or, you know, hang out with them a little bit personally, you give them encouragement, you let them know you appreciate them, you do those kinds of things, then those people are going to be happier. They're going to like their work more and they're going to yes. come, they're going yeah, to be harder for them to quit, right? So yeah. if, I mean, there's so many times where I was like, I don't really know if I even, I don't even like this coach, but my son likes to get our kids, you know? And so, so that's worth it. He's having fun with his friends. So let's stay with it. So those relationships are always the key sticking point. So with loyalty, I think a loyalty program is just kind of a business saying, you know, we want to give value to you, you know, whether we like it or not, as consumers, you just put your consumer head on, we're all kind of trained to get value. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to know that we're appreciated as a customer. We know what our value is as a customer. We know there's five other businesses that we could probably go to within a reasonable distance or a few clicks away that we can give our business somewhere else. So we know what we're worth you know, as a customer. So I think customers or clients, you know, in general to any business want to know they're appreciated. We could go to the other restaurant down here instead of yours. We could right. go to yeah. you know, this brewery versus that brewery. Why, why do I go to this brewery, mm-hmm. you know, 10 times a month versus this, versus this other one that's right. one time a month. So I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. So I think a loyalty program, when it's done, lot, done well, it's a deal where you're setting up a trade where we look, we appreciate your business. You're coming to us. You could have chose somebody else. We value that. And we're going to give you this opportunity to, to become a member mm-hmm. and for committing to us exclusively. We're going to give you some value that you aren't going to get, you know, anywhere else or, hmm. or based or, you know, the way we were on a fee for service basis where you're just hmm. coming in. Thank you. You know, you have a relationship with the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, the typical things that you bring loyalty into practice to me, I, this isn't going to make or break loyalty, but this is just something that could make it stronger mm-hmm. and making it stronger is important, especially when you hit tougher times or tougher Mm. competition. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, I like that you mentioned relationship as well as appreciation. And I think those are two key things that as managers try to integrate loyalty into their practices, it's not necessarily loyalty with just their clients, right? It's loyalty with their employees as well. And that comes from building relationship and appreciation. So with our clients, like you had mentioned, you know, we appreciate them and we take the time to build relationship and clients will come back 
to a practice when some of the staff have, quote, screwed up, right? So client gets pissed off. They go to the veterinarian and they say, well, your staff is lame. However, I'm going to keep coming back because I have relationship with you as the veterinarian. I've spent time with you. We have a relationship built. And I think that's where the, the loyalty piece of that really, I'd like that you honed in on that relationship and appreciation and they go hand in hand. And then I want to take that special note to say that it's not only with our clients, but it's with our employees as well. That loyalty goes a far way with our teams as well. Yes. That's super huge right now in a, in a and, trying time. And it could be something yeah. so simple as, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like we got an hour break. You want to go get coffee, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, how are yeah. you? You just right. ask some questions, get to know someone. Yeah. And that could mean some, your employee stays there for three years versus three months. Right. You know? Right. I mean, that's true. We, we don't. We, yeah, that loyalty we piece. data behind. We don't always, you know, know, but I, but I, but all of us know that we've had this all happen. Well, humans are relationship building right. people anyway, right. so right. that's yeah. just organic for us. Yeah. yeah. When you were saying that, I had this vision of a client coming into a practice, and let's just say they they don't really like the veterinarian that much. I mean, mm-hmm. the veterinarian's just okay, doctor coming in, white coat tells my dog, you know, what to do. They have no connection with their veterinarian, but they have this connection with Trista at the front desk, for example. Right. And they always go there because they love Trista. You know, when they right. go there, they're just happy to that's see right. it. Right. Yeah. Let's just say that connection would make that client a, you know, if you can have five out of five touch points that make them super loyal, that's a one, right? You got one, you got Trista. So if a client can build the touch points to two, three, four, five, you get five different things where it's like, these are all powerful, relational, or something that's valuable. And so some people, money is really what they value really Mm -hmm. high. So for them, yeah. So some rewards of those things are make up, they're the difference maker just in and of itself. But I don't know. I guess I'm just talking about loyalty in general, what practices can do even outside of software mm-hmm. loyalty programs or anything. Yes. It's just, yes. just have Good different stuff. touch points with different people and have it relational and, yeah. it's, and it's have it not so I know everybody's busy and overworked and that's the biggest problem in the industry. But but so what, you know, mm-hmm. take time to, to get to know somebody because it really comes down to, you know, the relationship between the people in the practice and the owner of the pet. They're the right. ones that are making the decisions and that's going to drive your revenue. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's drill down a little bit. I'm a practice manager and I go to the website and I click book a demo now. And then, you know, and I want you to talk a little bit about the the platform. And then I go through and I sign up, you know, with Rethink Solutions. What is Rethink Solutions? How does it work? Is it an app? Is it software? Does it integrate with the practice management system? You know, tell us about Rethink and tell us about your loyalty program that you can launch for practices. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, we've had a couple evolutions of the technology over 12 years because, you know, things have changed so much. And over COVID, you know, I mean, it almost put us out of business for a while. Not our current clients. They all just kept going. But as far as onboarding clients, it was it was tough because everybody was shut down and curbside service. And no, we're not going to do one more thing than we could possibly think of. So for a year, a year and a half, we almost weren't able to onboard any clients. And the ones we were in the process of onboarding, we had to kind of put on pause. So during that time, I was able to kind of rethink our software and redevelop it to take, basically take out every single thing that would take any time for the practice to do. So number one, we have a very turnkey software program that allows someone to come in in three to four minutes, see what the membership is, immediately see what the value is that they're getting, you know, right there while they're checking out and make a decision like, yes, I want to join right now. And so the memberships that we create are pretty simple. Very easy for the client to understand, very easy for the practice to administer, and and it's pretty much automated. We try to automate, you know, 80% of it, you know, with the software. So 
we've been doing it for a long time. It's 12 years, a lot of feedback. I mean, Andrea, you know, some of the early practices that we, we signed yeah, up. Yeah, right. Beta was, testing them. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, Foothill Animal Hospital to this day is still our client from 12 years ago. And they've got, yeah. you know, 1,500 members to their, their practice that are paying them annual yeah. fees every year. And they're still going, you know. So so we are a software company, but we're, we're mostly just a system company to say, hey, if you want to build loyalty, you want to build some rewards, you want to con- collect some annual subscriptions, you want to take your client from a, you know, from a fee for service and, you know, they're going to come in because they like us to want to come in because they like us. And we're, we're going to give them some value to like you when you read that, that, that part of our website, disempower your competitors marketing. We're going to give you one more thing to disempower your competitors marketing because they're always marketing basically the same things over and over. And once you kind of cut that off, they're not going to leave for that reason. They're, they may leave for another reason, but they're not going to leave for that financial hook anymore. So yeah, we do it all. We basically have a software. We have the system. Uh, we do a training. I usually do the training still live, you know, if not in person, then, you know, a live conference call with the whole team, get them all excited about it. They usually see it right away. This is great for their clients. And then the owner and the managers are like, okay, well, I can see why this is great for the business. And then everybody's happy to do it. When everyone's happy to do it, it's not hard to push a program. You don't even have to push it. The clients are like, okay, the, then the, the front desk is like, well, let me show you about our membership. Did you know we have this? Because people are asking, they're calling practices and saying, do you have wellness plans? Half of them don't even know what wellness plans are. Most smaller veterinary clinics that aren't corporate don't even know how to administer a wellness program. And if they did, it failed. And so they want something, you know, they still want something. So we give you a kind of an easier tool that's 20 times easier, in my opinion, to administer, but still give some of that value that, you know, clients are looking for. Brian, we talked a little bit earlier about how we don't necessarily do loyalty very well. And I'm sure there's a few other things that we don't do very well. So can you talk to us a little bit about the mistakes that veterinary practices make when they try to integrate things like wellness programs, which is, you know, wellness plans, that's a hot button, right? And then other types of discount programs. And Mm -hmm. I specifically say discount programs, because again, another hot topic when it comes to the way we do things. Can you um, share with us some of the things that you think are like just huge red flag mistakes there? Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you, you know, the goal is to stay on the road in autopilot and right in the middle of the lanes. And there's two big ditches on both sides and you don't want to go on either side. So two big mistakes I see are number one, practices that just seem to discount everything. I mean, they are just deal for this, deal for that, special for this, special for that, constantly putting a dent, you know. The word discount means to, to put a dent, diminish, depreciate, and devalue something. So, I mean, I would just, you know, the reason you see Great, strong let's get rid of all of those. Is <laughs> those I don't are, like it at all. Yeah, those words. are bad D words. <laughs> yeah, all those D words. You don't really want that. But some practices feel like that's what you have to do. And they're really, it's just ignorance. that they, I mean, they don't know any better way to address the consumer's mindset of price. I mean, everybody, especially now, inflation is going up like seems like every week, right? Things are costing more money. So people have it on their mind and it's top of mind and clinics want to address that. They just don't know how. Then they they kind of start butchering their own their own business by doing that. On the other side, you have business owners that just think that we're just the best in town. Everybody likes us better. We have the, you know, the best look and nicest staff ever and the best veterinarians and the best everything. And they're always going to come to us and it's just kind of take it for granted that, well, we don't need to address anything on price because we're just this good. And you know what? There probably are some practices that they fall into that and they can, they are, you know, but I would say majority, 80, 90% kind of aren't, you know, I mean, you're somebody a little better at everything than you are coming in three miles away and having 
having some challenges that you weren't prepared for. And especially someone coming in with all of that and more money for marketing. And so I think it's just the ditches are on both sides, not trying to address it and then trying to address it. But the, the yeah, you just got to know how to, the offer is important, but the offer has to be structured in a way where it's definitely a win-win for the client. It's definitely a win-win for the business. And the bottom line, you know, you can prove it. At the end of the year, it really is going to come down to what is the net spending per client per year? Is it going up or going down after you implement whatever strategies you are? You know, and if you have the same people coming in all the time, you're like, well, we're going to start discounting. You might sell 20% more, but your profit is 5% less. That doesn't work, you know, so. Right, um, do the figures on that. The math doesn't add up there. Yeah, exactly. So, right. but, but some people think it does. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it, just, it feels good. We have more people coming in. We got more appointments. We got more people. Well, that's right. more of everything that you don't really have time to be doing anyways. You might right. as well just make it more efficient so that you can really make money and do this and have your clients coming in and feeling like they're getting the best deal in the world too. So you want the mm-hmm. feeling of the client feeling like, wow, I'm getting value that nobody else is getting, but you want the math to line up at the end of the year and saying, well, we, before the program, we had this after the program, our net profit is up mm-hmm. this much. Every single person that came in after every reward that was redeemed, they're still spending 10% more than they were before. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you're winning. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So I want to ask you kind of a, a tough question. We don't shy away from tough questions here on the pod. And I like to play devil's advocate because I like, I think when you look at the other side and you have some sort of, not rebuttal necessarily, but you see through the murk, it just makes the idea so much more proven. So veterinary medicine, I think is struggling or at least has struggled with kind of this balance of whether we are really a commodity or, you know, a kind of a retail model where we should be utilizing tiered pricing and loyalty programs and marketing spend and some of these types of things? Or are we more of a pure medicine play where, you know, we absolutely want to drive clients in the door, but we shouldn't be discounting, we shouldn't have tiered pricing, we should have standards of care and all that kind of stuff. So looking at the human medicine model, which is certainly not veterinary medicine in terms of insurance, but certainly get a postcard from your doctor to go in for your physical and and they look at you and they order blood work and do all the things that a veterinarian would too. They don't have a loyalty program. So, and I don't, don't take this offensively, but you know, you don't get to, to go in six years in a row and then get your seventh physical free or your seventh TB shot free or whatever. So with veterinary medicine already really undercharging for the value of what we offer, and we're really struggling with that, for example, our surgery prices basically 10% of what human medicine are. And obviously, we're not, we can't charge $100,000 for a hip surgery without uh, insurance being involved, but that's about what it is in human medicine. And ours are, you know, 8 to 10. What is your thought on kind of a point that I might make of how loyalty programs would actually kind of devalue the idea of what the function of the veterinarian is for the, for the pet, that it's not a social community, it's not a grocery store, it's not a commodity, it is actually more of a necessity. How would you respond to that? Wow, that's a good question. So your first part of your question, correct me if I heard you right, but you said that the industry is kind of having a hard time with understanding the identity. Are we more the you know regular typical physician model or are we more the retail model is that kind of what you said kind of the it's an identity thing we're not really sure yes correct i think that okay. there's really people on in both camps <laughs> at this point perfect so when you were saying that like the first thing that came to my head was the reason that is is cuz you're you're probably a little bit of both and so you're not either or and if you try to jump in either or model you're probably going to be in trouble and so I mean, that's my guess. You probably need a little bit of the marketing and things that are maybe a little bit more than human medicine in terms of loyalty program. Although human medicine, 
I don't know, maybe it's the same as veterinary medicine, but you got pharmaceutical, you got big, you got people going in for prescription refills and a whole lot of, you know, maybe more, I don't know, do they have more things to check than pets? They go in more often. I mean, that's kind of the loyalty program that I see with, mm -hmm. with like human care is just having to go in more often to check sure. everything. Would you say that the humans go in more? They probably, I would no, say. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I mean, so? it probably depends Nobody on, wants to go to the doctor, right? Yeah, it probably depends on if, if you have a chronic condition, you're probably going in more, especially if it's covered by insurance, like dialysis, for example, right? Like you're going in every couple of days or right. if you have, you know, cancer or something really, really serious because you're not paying out of pocket or if you have a copay or something like, right? Like you're kind of exhausting it. But I agree with Andrew. I think in terms of the preventative care, I mean, gosh, people barely go to the dentist twice a year when they really should. I mean, I go to the doctor probably every two or three years, right? When we want our pets to go in every year or maybe even twice a year. So I think it depends on, you know, I think it depends on what the condition is. But but I think point well taken, Brian, for sure. I think my answer is you don't want to be gimmicky. You don't want to be salesy. You don't want to come up with something. And I guess I can goes back to your previous question or what are the mistakes people do? I mean, having a paw stamp program for a loyalty program and thinking that's a loyalty program to me is... It's just, it's a joke, you know? I mean, you think a paw stamp is really going to get someone to pick your practice every time? Is that really going to meet their financial? Is it really hitting their financial emotional button? Or is it just kind of, okay, cool, give me a paw stamp? To me, that's like a practice saying, okay, well, I'm a coffee shop. I'm going to find, we're just going to do a coffee shop type of loyalty program. And I just don't think it's professional enough and it's not in depth and it's not as detailed enough as what you would want that's going to be effective in a medical type practice. So, to me, POSTAM programs, anything like that, like that's a great attempt, but it's really not enough information. And the other, the other thing is wellness plans, which is, which is great. I think, you know, some practices do it well. I have some practices that do it amazing. They do the membership program and they do a wellness plan for their, you know, the wellness plans more for about 5% of your clients. Though there's still 95% of your clients that are never going to be on a wellness plan and still would like something. So you got to offer them something that can bond them deeper. But I think that the traps with wellness plans, they're, they're too complicated and practices don't have the bandwidth, especially right now, to do any of it. We don't have time to explain this is covered, that's covered, you know, all this fine print and then argue with you at the front desk over what you thought was covered. If it's that um, muggy of the water, you know, to understand the program, it's going to cause other, pro other problems down the road. And, you know, you guys probably know, as, you know better than I do, but right now it seems like one of the biggest problems is the industry is just nobody having enough employees or time, no time. to even keep mm -hmm. up, right? So those are the yeah. biggest mistakes. And those are also what I think the differences between being a grocery store and following the medical, human medical side in terms of, you know, a loyalty program. I hope I answered it. That's a really tough question though, David. Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah. So Brian, we've talked a little bit about loyalty and what that looks like through relationship building and appreciation. And we've talked about your product and service that you offer and the software behind it and how like how it works a little bit. Uh, we've talked about some mistakes of how we can, we ineffectively deliver wellness plans or kind of the, the D words. So talk to me a little bit about the benefit of having rewards and program specifically yeah. We talk about the end of the day, what's the money look like, right? And so you talk, you reference that a little bit, but talk a little bit about how you are wrapping up a benefit to the practice or how is, why would we want to run out and do this, especially right now when we, like we talked about, we have too many cases, not enough employees and not enough time. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about some of the benefits that your membership rewards offers. Yes, I totally 
understand all of that. I'm trying to, I could sum up what we do really quickly. I'd say the benefit is everybody has a need to, to have some financial value, you know, at the business that they're going to. They want to have the feeling of um, being appreciated or, you know, rewarded for what they're giving, which is their loyalty to a business. And so a reward program or membership, the benefit is you can offer something that we have practices that 80% of their clients are members of their practice. And so you can offer something where 80% of people are going to pay you to be a member of your practice, and they're going to prepay basically for a membership fee that's going to include some exams and um, usually two or three exams, um, a nail trim, and sometimes other services that you want to, you know, offers that you want to attach to the membership. And so they're basically, they're coming in, they're prepaying for stuff that you're hoping that they, you know, without a membership, you're hoping they come back for that second visit or that third visit, where instead, if the membership is sold properly, then it's, wow, okay, yeah, I'll buy this right now. I see the value. And then boom, it's done ahead of time. And now with our new technology, they're on auto pay for next year as well. And for those, those you know, exams and those, the membership value to be reloaded automatically. So everybody walks away or 80% of your clients, I could say 50% very conservatively, but we have a lot of practices with 80. And I can give any clients that are really serious about doing this, we'll, I'll give you some references if you contact us to, to verify that. I mean, Andrea, you know, probably five offhand where you know their practice managers, their top managers, they're known all over the country and they have mm-hmm. yeah. 80% of their clients are members like Animal Hospital, Huntington Beach. Yeah. And so, so that's the difference. Everybody comes in, right? So when, whenever that happens where people are thinking, should I go somewhere else? You know, inflation is, you know, money is tight right now. Maybe I should go somewhere. I got a free exam in the mail this week. Um, I got this dental discount thing that all this, you know, stuff in this value pack or whatever in the mailer, or I heard whatever it is, internet coupons, Google ads, whatever it is, they're trying to bait somebody to go to another practice. And when the Bayer Bracky study came out back in 2000, I don't remember when it was, but 2014. Yeah. Yeah, But that that said, like 30% of clients would go to a new clinic just if they got a coupon or voucher. So what are you doing to prevent those 30% from leaving your practice? I'm sure that's still there today. People are actually smarter consumer wise now than they used to Mm -hmm. be. So right. either we don't care and we're just like, we're just going to be busy anyways, or we can do some things to protect this. And if I don't need to protect it now, you're not just thinking now, you're thinking about next year, the year after, and the year after, because eventually right. times get tougher, competition comes in, people are pickier, you know, financially about what they do, where maybe before it was all this great experience. And maybe sometimes it's like, no, this is going to come down to the money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like, well, guess what? I already bought a membership. I already have an exam or two exams and I got $30 at you know, Foothill Animal Hospital, that those coupons lose their power. So that's mm-hmm. how you disempower competitor marketing is you always give your clients something ahead of time. So they're not really, those, those, those other offers are not appealing. They don't, they don't even, they lose 90% of their power because you already are ahead of it. You already, you already did it with your own client. And so that's what rewards are. The difference between a discount and a reward is a discount, you, you, you lower the price right away and say, you know, thank you for coming. What I gave you was a lower price. A reward is I just paid full price. And I'm giving you a reward and you have to come back to me mm-hmm. in order to get that value. Mm. So people have to come back in order to get that full value of what right. you know, their reward was. So you're already building in you know, double the loyalty and your costs are probably between 40 to 60% less mm-hmm. than the same exact amount in a discount. Um, I have a video that I did, you know, discount versus rewards. I did it 12 years ago or something. And it basically is just a six minute thing, just showing the math. 10% discount across the board. reward across the board. Look at two years later, one cost, you know, 70% more because 
100% of the redemptions all happened, where with the reward, they're going to come back. So those are reasons you should have a reward program. And the other thing, you know, on the medical side is there's people that sit on the fence, you know, should I go in? Should I not go in? Um, when they have a, you know, when they already pre-purchased and, it, and there's an extra exam or two included in their membership, they're a lot more, you know, likely to go in for something earlier, you know, in the pets. If something's going on in my my pet's kind of, ah, should I wait? Should I not go? I don't know if I want to hassle with it. Well, I already got two more exams on my membership. I'm just going to use it. And so owners being more proactive and having those reward dollars there or the balances on their membership already, they're ready to just get off the couch and go in. It's easier for them. Every single one of our clients say that. I've also heard, um, you know, over the years, so many times where, you know, people bring in extra pets that they didn't even know they had. So they have one dog, they've been going all the time. And then they find out they had this secret cat for five years. And they got a membership and then it has some other exams. Well, can I use one of these exams for my cat? Yes, you can. Bring them on in. Great. You know, now you have a new pet at the hospital. So it does a lot of things that are hard to say, hey, that was your loyalty program that did that. But if you talk to anybody who's been running this for a long time, they'll all say the same thing. Definitely does all those things. And it's hard to give an exact data point and have this hard line math to prove it all. But those are just you know, what we're hearing and seeing over the years. So th- those are the reasons to get it. And people come in more often, they spend more money, and they're, they're, it's harder for them to go somewhere else. That's, that's in a nutshell. And I could give you a, a glimpse of what happens at the practice, but it really should be as easy as I'm coming in today, and I'm going to spend $60 on an exam today anyways, and my bill is $300. And, you know, hey, Brian, you know, we have this membership where it's, it's $80 for a membership you know, or even $90 for a membership, and you get to use one of it on your exam today. So you're going to save your $60 exam fee. Oh, so you're really only spending $30 more. Awesome. Well, sign me up. And my bill's going to be, you know, $300. So with that, I'm going to get a $15 reward immediately that I can use next time I come in. So I came in, I was going to spend 60 and then pay for the bill, right? Now I'm spending a little bit more, you know, I'm spending 80 or 90 for the membership. So I'm spending more on that initial exam fee than I would have. So you're collecting, you collect $30 more on that first visit immediately from that client. You also cement that second visit and the client walks out with a reward and they walk out with some exams. That's what I call the golden leash, you know, from at least from a financial standpoint, that's the disempowering part. Now you, now you create that, that relationship. Now the question is, well, how do we do this in the practice? Is it hard? It's simple. We create a few codes in your practice software. That's all we need to do. It tracks the balances, the rewards, and you can, and everything's going to be showing up in your you know, all of your books with the practice software. But if somebody comes in, they see the membership, they hit a QR code now with their phone, it takes them to a registration page, they sign up, they pay for it, done. And, you know, I don't normally how to demo it without actually doing it live with you, but it's so easy now that the, the front desk doesn't even have to touch anything. They can have a screen open and just look at something and say, okay, that's verified, great, thank you, done. And they all know how to hit a code, whether it's a, any kind of a discount code, or you just hit, a, you hit one code line in the checkout, and it's a done deal. And so 90, that's what I meant by 90% of the process now is automated. Back in the day, Andrea, I mean, remember we used to have that internet terminal and they had to put in the sales amount and do yes, everything yeah, on this other terminal yeah. and you had to do something out. That's all gone. Now it's just come in, hit a QR code, boom, I'm in. It's going to bill me automatically next year. All my rewards and my offers are right here on my phone. I can just click it and the front desk can see it and they can verify it on their side and they hit it and they hit a code on their software, done. There's a couple of benefits. Um, Brian, that I think I've recognized that you didn't necessarily touch on that I would, I'd love to chime in there. And, and one of them is a, a generational thing where I, I feel like younger generational, maybe the, the gen 
millennials and the Gen Y are looking more towards a subscription-based where the baby boomers and maybe even Gen Xers aren't quite as used to that because it's just newer. It's, you know, quote, technology, so it's a little bit newer. And I think that is something that they look for and look towards and gravitate towards. So I think it's kind of organic there. And then the other one is knowing that, you know, we have so many clients at this point in time, it's overwhelming for most of our practices. And so when we're able to filter what's coming in the door, we are want to take our top 20% of our clients, right, and cater to them because they generate 80% of our revenue. And if they're rewards members or their loyalty members, then I feel like they are ones that we should be building more relationship with, right? And have more appreciation for. And so if they're loyalty members or have that membership with us, those are the ones that we want to cater towards. And if we're filtering what comes in, they're going to get the appointment, you know, the plush appointment first, or they're going to get rights, you know, the first call that says, hey, we have a cancellation. Do you want it? Um, so I think those are a couple benefits to the client, to the practice that you didn't mention that I think are, you can't calculate those, like you said, but they're still a part of that appreciation that I I, I think is a key component to your program. So I just wanted to toss those in there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners today, what would that be and why that? I would just say, I think it's a good piece of advice and it just, but just show appreciation. I think we talked about it early and thankfulness. And just go out of your way to let people know that, you know, they're important, that they matter to your practice, you know, that you're, you're glad they're there and let them know what they're doing right, you know, often. It just, it seems like we're always in this perfectionist world where everything has to be done a certain way and follow this protocol and this and that. And, you know, we all get drilled with all that constantly. But like I know from the managers, you know, like yourself, it's been a while since you've been in practice, but D... And all the practice managers, they just set a culture of, you know, it's appreciation. You have team leaders for things and they just really, hey, we're, we're giving you this responsibility and you're doing awesome with it. And let people, you know, rise up in their responsibility and really let them know they're doing a good job because I think life's hard enough. Our life's hard enough as it is. And we all get we all know what we're doing wrong anyways all the time. And so and it's important to know what you're doing wrong and get it get it better. But I think just encouragement is a. It's a, I don't even know what you could say. It's like an invisible currency. But if you can see that you're giving that and you're spreading it in your practice, all the stuff we're talking about here is going to happen even at a greater capacity. You know, whether it's employee loyalty, you know, doctor loyalty, loyalty. Yeah. staff loyalty, and just people being happy, you know, so all the, way around. the culture of appreciation, thankfulness, and the gratitude. It goes a far way, doesn't it? Yeah. So we've all had those encounters either with a client or maybe with a practice owner or a practice manager where your eyes like pop out like pugs and your palm like hits your forehead, your chin hits the ground and you tell yourself like, no freaking way this just happened. You can't make this up. Like, do you have something that just made your eyes pop out crazy and say, I can't make this shit up? You know what? When you kind of... Let me know that question. That was a tough one for me because I'm not in a practice and I've been at these conferences. I've talked to owners. We've been to dinner with all you managers and you guys are a lot of fun and you have a lot of stories and your stories are like, there's nothing I can do that compares to that. <laughs> you got the craziest, you. 
can't uh, make it up. Can go, you guys can go on all day. I mean, I can't imagine what, what happens <laughs> if you guys all went camping. I mean, you guys can sit by the campfire and go on for like five nights straight of just nonstop crazy, <laughs> story. crazy story after yes. crazy story. So I'm, I'm pretty boring. But I can say for me in the industry, you know, it wasn't really dot dropping in a in a bad way, but it was like, wow, did that just happen? And I and it was just, you know, I helped a client in San Diego launch. They did really well. And I'm sitting at, you know, I think it's Western States. And all of a sudden, one of the top executives for one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the industry just said, you know, come here and come down to our, pre, you know, whatever booth they had. I'm not going to give names, but come back to our uh, whatever lounge. And I'm like, well, what's going on? You know, you take me back there and there's just start talking to me and asking questions. And it turns out he's just like, well, I was assigned to do a loyalty program for this and that company. And I just heard from this so-and-so client and they said, you're already doing it all. And it's better than what I was coming up with. And can we have you join our program and come speak to our premier clinics? And we're going to launch it as a value to our top clinics. And to me, I walked out of that. I'm like, holy cow. Wow, that's awesome. I'm just sitting there at a booth, you know, little guy who's just struggling to start my company. I don't know how much it was, you know, but it's it's a lot of money to go to be a vendor there, you know? So yes, um, yeah. it's like, you're just hoping to maybe break even, you know, when you leave that. And so that was jaw dropping. I was pretty thankful for that. And that kind of set the tone for, you know, the rest of my career in the veterinary industry. So that was, that was yeah, cool. definitely no gory, crazy, crazy <laughs> <period. laughs> plans or anything gross. Hey, Andrea here. Have you seen our social media pages? Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on our website, www.positiveleaders.com. And if you like what you see there, be sure to give Rhonda and Linda a shout out over at Dog Days Consulting. They do all of our social media management. They even built our website. Those ladies can work some creative magic for your business and your brand. Check them out on Facebook at Dog Days Consulting or visit their website at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. So at this point in the show, we're going to go into the rapid fire. Tell me about your most epic failure that has left a lasting impact. One of my careers in my 20s, bought some houses, and I just bought the top of the market in 2008. Tell me about your proudest moment. Probably training my dog, Mika. I taught her how to go into my room, find a box with, for the ring and grab the room, fetch it, bring it out, and then give it to her. Why did you decide to launch a loyalty program in veterinary medicine? What do you just love about our profession? Well, to be honest, I didn't do it because I loved your profession. I didn't really know that much about it at the time. My mother-in-law came home whining about wellness plans. And I just said, why don't we do this? She just liked it. She said, come meet my veterinarian doctor tomorrow. Yeah, that was how I got in veterinary medicine. You know, I met the doctor. He believed in it. So we went to work. Turned out well. Self-care, how do you practice it? How do you decompress? Exercise is the number one ticket for me. How do you balance work and life? And do you experience any work guilt in that balance? So I just made relationship my number one priority. But at the same time, this is the work time. This is the family time. And learn how to be present. What keeps you up at night? Things that stress you out or cause you anxiety in your business? A blackout. Internet goes out. Client software all off. Business overnight. And what gets you up and out of the bed in the morning? What excites you to start your day? Coffee. And what color best exemplifies who you are? I love blue. I love skies blue, oceans blue. I like blue. 
And if you could be any animal in the world, what would it be and why? I think eagles are pretty cool. Awesome. Well, this has been great, Brian. Thank you you, so much for coming on. This was good. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you. it was awesome. Great questions, and you got me. I'm, I'm sitting over here, sometimes sweating in my seat. Like, man, these are hard. <laughs> questions. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm going to answer these right. Oh, but no, it's yeah. super fun. Good super job. Informative. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Brian, so, can you give our listeners a shout out? How we can find you? Where we can get a hold of you at your social media email? Yep, we're not that great on social media right now, but our website is RethinkVetSolutions.com. You can also go to or RethinkVeterinarySolutions.com. I think forwards you to the same website. I mean, before you even go to the site, you can just send me an email. If you heard this podcast and you and you like it, just send me an email. Say, hey, Brian, heard you on Andrea's podcast. I'd love to set up a time. 15 minutes of, you know, you know what you're looking for, going over your goals and easy, quick demo on the phone. And you will have a good idea on, you know, exactly what we can do. It'll probably take about 15 minutes, but give me a call. I mean, I'm fine awesome. with just putting my phone number and my email address. Just call me directly. I do own the company, but I'm, I'm fully active with helping out any new clients get started. So. My phone number is 714-271-8354. You can also text me and just, you know, maybe I'm old school and new school at the same time. You know, just a straight out reaching out to me is great. I mean, great. And then, uh, yeah, text me. So you want to just set up a time and we'll just set up a time. You can also email me, brian at rethinkloyalty.com. Brian at rethinkloyalty.com. And if I totally butchered all of that, you, know, you can fix it in the notes, right? We'll put it in the show notes. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. That was great. All right. Thank you. Thank you both. And have a great rest of your weekend. Good you Friday. too. Yeah. Yes. Happy Friday. Thank you, David. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure. For all the positive leaders listening out there, we hope you learned something to take back to your practice to put into use tomorrow. We want to hear from you. Good, bad, and everything in between. So email us at positiveleaders at gmail.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. Want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast? Email us. Want to have your You Can't Make This Shit Up story featured? Email us. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Positive Leadership Podcast. And be sure to rate us. Check out our website at www.positiveleaders.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. And as always, catch us on all the socials. This is Andrea and David signing off until next time. Stay happy and sane. The Positive Leadership Podcast is solely for informational purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided in this podcast are general in nature, and such information, statements, comments, views, and opinions, and the receipt of this podcast by any listener are not intended to be and should not be construed as the provision of any business advice. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers and guests, are those of Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and their guests only, may not be current, and do not represent the statements, comments, views, and opinions of any other person or business entity. Andrea Crabtree, David Liss, and or the Positive Leadership Podcast do not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions contained in this podcast, and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever, is expressly disclaimed.